Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. I roll it's our number two, Barton Han, Alan Han, Bart Scott, 98.7 ESPN. And as we promised, and this is his, this is walk up music. It's the best in the league. Buster only, our ESPN senior baseball writer, joining us right now on the heels of it being official from last night, Juan Soto to the Yankees. And Buster, I'm going to, I'll be, first of all, great to hear from you. Happy holidays. And thanks for joining us. Um, I, I've asked this question since the trade was official. I say it as a sort of in jest, but also because I, I think it's real. So I'm going to ask you if this is accurate. Is the evil empire back? <laughs> uh, I, I think I think they're back uh, after the hiatus of last year. Uh, you know, watching Judge and Soto bat back to back next year will be a lot of fun. Um, look, the, the front office, the ownership was under enormous pressure after the dud of a season of last year. You know, Aaron's going in the last year of his contract. Uh, you know, the, the whole organization is going to be judged at a different standard. And to see them go out and be this aggressive early tells you how seriously they're taking that. And then obviously the, the bidding on Yamamoto could take it next level. They could, mm-hmm. at the end of this, wind up having the first and second highest paid pitchers in the history of baseball. We'll just have to wait and see. That's that's the next part of it too, right? Because it's the the trade for a guy who's got one year left on his deal. So there's that part of it, of course. That well, okay, is it a rental? They're not really spending a ton yet. But this, what you just said to me, is what everybody's watching. And so that's what I, I guess what I'll ask you next. They, they meet reportedly on Monday with Yamamoto. We see teams are already starting to talk more. Have already like the Mets, especially. When you say all in, like are are they? Where, could you power rank where they would be as far as likelihood to land this pitcher? So the perception of agents I've spoken with who are not involved, and executives who I've spoken with who are not involved, the winner of the Yamamoto sweepstakes is going to be the person who offers one nickel more. And, <laughs> and by the way, if that turns out to be the case, more power to them. Like I don't mean that as a criticism at all. But it looks like it's a pure bidding war. And what's so fascinating to me about this, you know, I, in all the years I cover baseball, you know, there have been times when the Mets have been the dominant team in New York. There are times the Yankees have been the dominant team in New York. But they have never gone bare-knuckle, toe-to-toe mm. after the same elite free agents ever before. So <laughs> you've got Steve yeah. Cohen against Hal Steinbrenner, Yankees versus Mets. And, oh, by the way, the Dodgers are in on it, and the Giants are in on it. Old this school. is a perfect storm of bidders. Uh, and so at the beginning of this, you know, the projection was, well, you could get $200 million. Uh-uh. It's going to be way north of that because you do not see 25-year-old starting pitchers with fewer than 1,000 innings professionally of, of tread off the tire. Uh, you can make a case. Uh, for each of these organizations, why this guy would be so valuable to them moving forward, which is why I think it's going to be a battle of the checkbooks. But at what point does it become the law of diminishing returns and the bidding teams that's going to that say, hey, we're not willing to go that, that far, you know, can go and get we're some of these find other out. pitchers. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, like, so, you know? so, so who, bene- who benefits the most um, as far as free agency from, 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 um, from Yoshi, I call him Yoshi because I can't pronounce his name. Um, 
<laughs> who, 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 who benefits the most? Like, who's the, who's the, who's the number two pitcher up that doesn't may, maybe not have all that, the, the age and the, you know, the least wear and tear, more, t- you know, less tire, tra- you know, less tread. Bart's asking who gets sloppy seconds. That's what Bart's Exactly. Asking. Because the sloppy second guy <laughs> seems like it, it elevates the, the, the ceiling as well, right? Because they're like, well, you're about to play this for him. I'm just as good, so I'm not going to take, you know, way less than this guy. Well, the guy who, you know, the player who stands to benefit the most would be Blake Snell, yeah. uh, who's represented by Scott Boris. And, and uh, you know, but I just don't think that any free agent is going to draw the same level of interest the Yamamoto is because of the age, because of the, the pure stuff that he has. Um, you know, this, what, what's the name, excuse me for being an idiot uh, in the moment, what's the name of that auction house where they bring in the art? And they throw it up, oh, and like uh, people are Christie's. there, and they're waving the numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Celebrate that's what we're looking at here. We're looking at billionaires sitting there flashing their card. You know who raises it more? Yeah, we got four hundred. Uh, we got four hundred. We got a four ten, four ten, four ten. We have four twenty, four twenty, four twenty. Like it's going to be like that. Exactly, a hundred percent. And I, I can't sit there and tell you that the Dodgers, who probably you know they're the biggest spending team in the National League. You know, when, when will they call it off? You know, do they have a number that where they would stop? Do the Yankees have a number where they would stop? You know, the Mets, the richest team in baseball. Steve Cohen, the richest owner in baseball. When will he stop? The Giants, desperately in need of a signature star. Uh, you know, when will these? I don't know. Sounds That's like a stick so measuring contest to me. Sounds like a stick measuring contest to me because you have big, you have you have billionaires, you know, sitting there do? saying, "Hold up, I got I got money." And at what point do they say, yep. "Hey, man"? You know, so I, this is tough, right? I think I think Yoshi has them right where he wants them, and I think Boris has them right where he wants them. But I wonder, like, yo, know, can can he possibly, possibly in in, in an era? And, and listen. Weiwei has lived up to the expectations. LeBron James lives up to the expectations. Can Buster, he possibly... when he says Weiwei, he means Victor Wembanyama. Yeah. Just so you know, can can can, <laughs> can can this kid come in with all those expectations and exceed or deliver on those expectations? Because he's twenty five. Are we talking about a ten year contract? Or are we talking about a short term contract? Because no, you can get the most contract. money if it's long. But you can get a lot of money up front, you know, if that number's low. If they want to see if you got the goods, you can, you can push that number higher if it's shorter maybe. Just the annual. Yeah, 100%. Look, uh, he is uh, – he can absolutely live up to the expectations based on the, you know, the tools that he has. He's throwing 100 miles an hour. He's a phenomenal athlete. Uh, you know, his re- repertoire uh, of stuff is excellent. And as I talked about, you know, he just hasn't pitched that much professionally. The best comp and free agency that we've seen in this situation would be a young Alex Rodriguez uh, becoming a free agent at, what, 24, 25, yep. before he signed that record-setting deal with the Texas Rangers, which is exactly twice as big as the deal that, that Kevin Garnett signed. Uh, you know, that's the type of thing we're looking at. You know, the record, as you guys know, Garrett Cole, $324 million. I, I I just wouldn't be surprised because there's such a need for, uh, you know, for all of these teams who are involved for an excellent starting pitcher. And then you throw in the age. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I mm-hmm. think that it's, it's going to become a competition of billionaires. He obviously would make any of these teams so much better. Like this whole idea of the Mets, you know, sort of looking toward 2025. Well, that would go away in an instant if they signed this guy. Suddenly they'd be in the mix 
you know, uh, in the National League in terms of making the playoffs and, you know, perhaps playing deep in October. So small now, follow, small follow-up. I'm sorry, Alan. Small follow-up, right, because we know that the Mets just, you know, shed it. I don't know how much money they shed from getting rid of Scherzer and, and, and Verlander. A lot. But I guess my question would be, out of all the teams that are in the bidding, how many of those same teams potentially look at Shohei Atani and knowing that he may come back and be a pitcher again in two seasons and say, you know what, I'll just go with Otani because, you know, this is getting ridiculous and I'll spend that money for Otani. How many teams are in, in, in both markets? Um, two, uh, as far as I know. Now, you know, the Cubs being a wild card, uh, I think they, they have interest in Yamamoto too. Um, but I, 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 you know, it depends on who you talk to, whether or not the Cubs are actually involved in the Otani thing. I, there's no indication the Mets or the Yankees are involved in that. So the Giants and the Dodgers, yes. Uh, and it would be fascinating to see if the Dodgers signed Otani, uh, and that's been the you know they've been the favorites as the process started, uh, and they wound up also with Yamamoto. Good lord, their wow. payroll would explode. Yes. But it would be man, that that would be fun. <laughs> that's all we really care about is the fun part of this thing. We're talking yes. about Buster only. I mean, that's what you want. And you know, when the winter meetings actually have some sizzle, that's always good too. And usually, it's a it's one of the New York teams that helps deliver that, or the Dodgers and. And uh, obviously we have that going on right now. Um, before I move on from Yamamoto, I do have that one last question for you on this, and, and I'm sure you can make this one quick. It's simply this, is how long are we going to wait? Because you said it's going to be a bidding war. Okay, and they're just the meetings are still kind of going on or, or happening in the next couple of days or within the next week. Is this something that you think might drag? Can this be something that's done before Christmas? What do you, what do you know about that? Yeah, I think it'll be done before Christmas, uh, you know, because he's going to have these meetings and then they'll be in a great position to, to take offers. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see if, in fact, as executives and agents are predicting, it's going to become come down to who offers the most money. That's going to make it simple, <laughs> That's right, what you want. Yeah. for his representatives to go back and forth with these teams and like, hey, the, the Yankees have offered a billion dollars. Uh, you know, Mets, wh- where are you going to go? Okay, you're a billion one. <laughs> Okay, uh, Dodgers, you want to go, right, or, or right. whatever the numbers so, are. So, that'd be amazing if you just had like seven lines on a phone in your office, and you open and you go <laughs> one by one down the line. Okay, this is the last off. What do you got? Okay, you're out. Next one. Yeah. Who's a, like? But but I, I see imagine a Bear Jackson guy up there. Give me Dan Dwayne. Right, exactly. But it does feel like it's going to get to that point. And you know what will be funny, Buster, is when we get to the press conference, wherever it is, and he holds up the jersey, and then they're asking him questions about, you know, how, you know, but the, the choice you made. And he talks about, well, you know, I looked at this franchise and saw its history and saw the, the players on the roster, and I felt like this is a good place to win. And you're like, yeah, okay. Like, what was the check again? Like, like this is one where I don't think I'll believe anything he says about why he chose this team other than because they paid me the most. And if he only said that, it would be perfect if he would just, you know, it's like tell your translator that and let the translator look into the camera and go, they paid me the most. That's why I'm here. <laughs> like, well, that's what you want. And, and of course, the, yeah, the most, most famous story about that in baseball history is when Mike Hampton, who's a great guy, uh, but when he signed with the Colorado Rockies, there was a lot of talk in the press conference about the school system in Colorado <laughs> yeah, versus $121 million that he got to, to sign. <laughs> yeah. and, and you know what? More power to him. You know, he took the biggest offer that he had, and, and uh, you know, which is completely his prerogative. Alex Rodriguez took the biggest offer when he was a free agent some of the Texas Rangers. Didn't work out for Texas, but in that moment you understood why he did it. Now, speaking of contracts, yeah. Bart and I went back and forth on this. 
And look, he loves to be the antagonist, so I allow him to do it. But maybe you can give us some insight on Soto with obviously in the expiring deal that he's in right now with the Yankees in a very favorable position. If you're Boris, you're looking at this like, this is perfect. You put him next to a guy like Judge, like you said, in a field like that with the, with, with the right, with, uh, you know, obviously the short porch and, and just everything that fits to what he can do. What, like, are the Yankees looking at a gun to their head type situation? How does it work when it comes to an extension during the season? Or is this going to have to play out next winter? Look, unless Juan Soto goes to Boris and says, and, and other Boris clients have done this for the years, Andrew Jones and Jared Weaver, and said, look, I want to stay. This is the place they want to be. He's going to go into free agency uh, because he stands you know, to be in the same position that uh, Otani is right now, have a range of bidders, uh, and then you know, cash in in a big way. If I'm the Yankees, I don't mind waiting because here's the thing. You know, we saw and we've seen so many players come to New York, accomplished guys, all-stars, and it just doesn't fit. Yep. Something to remember about Soto, who is a future Hall of Famer. His, his historic comp is Ted Williams. That's how good this guy is. But when he first got traded to San Diego in 2022, guys, in August and September after he yep. was traded, he, he wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. He struggled. And how many times have we seen guys come to New York, Jason Giambi at the beginning, uh, and re- Alex Rodriguez, and have real problems. And, you know, you would assume that with his experience in San Diego and, and as he learns and grows, that, yeah, he's going to turn out to be a force, as he usually is. But I also, if I'm in the Yankees position, I want to make sure that he's more Juan Soto and less Joey Gallo. Wow. So you're saying we it's can't say those. We can't say that name around here. You know what I mean? But you say Joey Gallo. You yeah. just I floor me. Um, but – so, all right, so the, there is the opportunity then that for the Yankees, this could be a rental. Like, it could be. Now, oh, yeah. do, do I want to see him on a fourth team in two years if I'm his agent? I mean, the money's there, but as the player, I, I don't know. Do you I'm just constantly bounce from team to team? Eventually, you start wondering why. So, it does play into the Yankees that way, but the part that doesn't is would they eventually reach a point of that's too much money and we're not going to spend it? and let him walk, which now turns this into a one-year rental. Yes. Uh, one, you know, again, I mentioned the comfort level in New York, which the Yankees, I've had people in the Yankees organization say to me, you just never know until the player gets right. there, yep. uh, you know, how it's going to work out. But let's say that he's okay there. One of the big questions about Soto going forward is, how long is he viable as, uh, as an outfielder, he's already, you know, statistics show he's a below average defensive outfielder. Uh, you know, he's 26, 27 years old now. Uh, what happens when he's 31? Do you want to be in a position as they have learned and, and uh, you know, lived with Giancarlo Stanton, where you're basically paying a guy to be a DH? Do you want to pay that guy $35 million a year? That's not typically what happens with, uh, you know, DH types. That happens with shortstops. It happens sometimes with center fielders. You don't see – that's the problem going on with Pete Alonso and the Mets right now where there's a disconnect yeah. between the team and the player about his value because first basemen historically have not gotten paid as much as what Pete's camp is looking for. What Can, can you explain – I know you've probably talked to enough people. When, when you say like, – and I know I've, I've seen it too. The, the numbers tell you that Soto is a below-average outfielder. 
and that the Yankees would probably have to play Aaron Judge at center full-time, which now has everybody gasping because, God forbid you ask players to play a lot, we fear that they're going to get hurt, which is a whole new generational thing. But what makes a guy of Soto's talent, physical gifts, and athleticism such a bad outfielder? Like, is it fixable? Or is it just... He just doesn't have – he can't read the ball well. What is the issue with Soto that makes him such a concern as a defensive outfielder? So I mentioned the historic comp, uh, historical comp of Ted Williams. Yes. And, you know, Ted had this amazing career, you know, 521 career homers, last guy to hit 400. And when his career was over, uh, what he would tell reporters was, you know, my big regret is that I didn't focus more on my defense. What I believe about Soto is that the same dynamic is going on. He loves to hit. He's an incredible hitter, like Ted Williams, unbelievable command of the strike zone. Uh, do I think that he has as much attention to detail uh, about his defense as he does hitting? No. I think his human nature it, it, it points him toward spending a lot of time hitting, and he's great at that. And that's why I think there's an opportunity for him to get better, and, and that's going to behoove him to do that. Because that whole question of do you, how much do you want to pay you know, a pseudo-DH or a glorified DH into his 30s is going to become a factor. And I know, you know Scott Boris, who represents him, uh, is aware of that too. And so I'm going to be curious to see how he improves as he moves forward. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great point. It's almost like Will Chamberlain didn't really focus enough on free throw shooting. Right. <laughs> Otherwise, he might have been the leading scorer in NBA history. Right, like, but it just he later in life figured it, it figured out I got to get better at it. But it was early on; it didn't matter. So that that's mind blowing. And what you just said about contract with him, and whether or not if you're the Yankees, he'll eventually have to move to DH, and you don't want to pay a full time DH that kind of money. How does not as Scott Boris? How does that not enter into a conversation with a guy who's still 25 and say, "Listen, Sonny." You want the big one. You want the Quan? This is how you get it. You got to become an above average, not even elite, above average outfielder. And then nobody will hesitate to pay you. But this is going to cost even you average. money. average. Yeah. Average. But this is going like, to cost it, you it, money. And you know what? I would say this. There are a lot of agents where that conversation is not taking place. They're afraid to, to tell the players the truth. I have known enough. Uh, enough players and, and heard them tell stories about Scott. Scott will do some truth telling, and, and as Love I say, he's a you know Scott potentially would be a guy to go to him and say, you know, it would really help these defensive <laughs> metrics. Uh, you you got to make those better, and you got to that sets aside any doubt about what your value is going forward because everybody knows you're one of the greatest hitters that we've ever seen. And you know who else will tell him? The New York media. And the New York fans. It's the one <laughs> fan base that won't hold back. And if his fielding is not up to par, he will hear about it. And that's the other question about playing in New York and handling it. Because you could be lights out offensively. But if you aren't up to if you aren't up to par defensively in the outfield, especially one that has Aaron Judge in it, and Verdugo's pretty good too. If if you do that, you're gonna hear it from the fans, and that's also something to be ringing in his ears as well. So we'll see. It'll be an interesting relationship, but all right, so you're saying, yeah, Bart didn't hear it. When I say is Evil Empire's back, your response to tell Bart was what? Yes, they yes. are back. It is, ba uh, it is official. At least for one year. They're, they are all in on 2024. 
How much? How much? How much of this has to do with you know some of the words from uh, from from Judge, and you know the perception that you know Cashman job may not be in danger, but you know it's concerned that they're they're going to be looking at him a little different, um, or, or a little harder uh, as far as the critique, as far as him being able to get this team to the next level. I think it has a lot more to do with your callers and with uh, callers of every show and the, the criticism that the organization has taken and the narrative that Brian Cashman was pushing back when he met with reporters uh, in a, at the GM meetings a few weeks ago, which to me was a sign of how much stress is on this team right now, on the front office, on a manager and Boone, on owner Hal Steinbrenner to get it done. Uh, I think the general unhappiness of the fan base is manifesting right now, and it's and it's uh, you know fueling some of the decisions and forming some of the decisions they're making on players. And they was, know they have to get this year right. And it's so well said, and it's the perfect storm. I think you said of the fact that with that criticism of you're not who you used to be, you're afraid to spend, and all that stuff. Take that and then couple it with the the, the timing of Soto being available made it. Yep. The obvious fit, because not always ha- oh, doesn't I, always I, work out that way. All right, we need a star. Well, like look at the Knicks. The Knicks need a star. There's none available, so you can keep saying they need a star, but until one's available, they can't trade for one. The Yankees had a star there to be had, and all it took was some pitching. It's going to hurt, but that's it, and it's one year for now. So perfect storm, and it worked out for him so far, Buster. Always good to catch up with you. I mean, like I said, I could talk with you for an hour. So thank you so much for the time. They ain't back we'll unless again they get soon. Yoshi. They ain't back unless they get Yoshi. Oh, he's a hater. Such a hater. Well, have fun, guys. It's going right. to be great subject matter going forward. Well, no doubt about it. Take care now. Buster only, the best. Our ESPN senior baseball writer. It is the evil empire. You heard it. But he right away is like, oh, yeah. Yeah. That mentality is back. And he said it. But he also said, like you said, they're going to probably carry this contract situation into next winter, which means for the Yankees. That's dangerous. It, what's the number going to be? Because Were the Yankees getting two bidding wars? One with Yoshi, and if they win that well, one, not, if, paying well, top of the market Yoshi. for that one? I'm saying well, the, paying, paying top of the market for that and then getting in a bidding war the very next year? Next year, yeah. Right? That's your question. That's the question, is, is how many – you know, Hal does say how much is too much, but that's going to be you have decisions you're going to need to make on some people that you got to pay, and they'll have to find ways to be inexpensive in other places, which is what makes your young players so valuable. Again, Jason Dominguez, him coming back next season late in the year when he does from Tommy John, and having the ability to show I'm still that guy. Okay, good. There's a regular guy. You know, having Austin Wells come back this year and prove it. Okay, you don't have to pay him just yet. At least I don't think they do. You know, that's part of the thing, that they have to see how it goes. So you're right. What a perfect season is that Soto and Judge are peanut butter and jelly, that they are just an unstoppable force at the top of this lineup. And the Yankees come back, go back to winning, and the Yankees, let's say, go to the World Series for the first time in 14 years. Okay, let's say all that happens. 
let's pay say this winning. man his money. But but let's say, let's say he you wins. You have it. to pay him. But this is the thing, though. Like, winning it can almost hurt against you because he's like, well, I got my, my championship. And now Alexi submitted. Well, well, no, 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 no. Now he'll want to stay. No, he'll want to stay. Okay. The, the th- he'll want to stay, but he'll also want to get that payday. Yeah. And that's where it can work, like you just said. It'll work against them. That's the problem. That's where it works against them. Is if everything goes well, they're going to have to pay him, and that's what Scott Boris is probably betting on. All right, we'll continue your calls at eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Man, it's always great to talk with Buster. Uh, coming up, we got audio files and a lot to do on that. So stay with us. But first, I want to tell you as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel, and right now new customers get one hundred fifty dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Allen and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 older and physically present in New York. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. For help with a gambling problem, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. Gordon Damer at the 98.7 Tullamore Dew Sports Desk. While one move does not take a team from their worst season in 30 years to a World Series championship, but it's hard to complain if you're a Yankee fan about the team's acquisition of Juan Soto. Earlier this morning on DPH in Rothenberg, Rick and Dave said Yankee fans are going to like this one for sure. What pissed Yankees fans off is not fully taking advantage of what your greatest strength was, which was your ability to spend money. Right. You you got down and dirty with the Rays in a game that they're better at playing than you are. Yeah, that you don't have to play. It's not a game you have to play. The Yankees wanted to show that they were better at this diamonds in the rough continuously throughout baseball than other teams. And the truth is, they're not. It's not what makes the Yankees the Yankees. What makes the Yankees the Yankees are, we have more money than you, and we're going to figure out a way to spend it and to big, bring the biggest stars into the Bronx. And that's brought to you by Tullamore Dew. When it's game time, it's Tully time. Be sure to grab a Tullamore Dew Irish whiskey during tonight's action. Glasses up to enjoying Tullamore Dew responsibly. Coming up 3 o'clock, it's the Michael K Show, and it's only here on 98.7 FM. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. Barton Hahn, Alan Hahn, Bart Scott, 98.7 ESPN. The voice getting stronger or weaker as we go on here? We're halfway through the show. What do you think? You got your vocals. They like, warmed up I'm, like, now. I'm trying to wake now. them up. I'm just trying to wake them up, but we'll see. Manuka honey. What is that? Manuka honey. Manuka honey. Okay. Learned that one from James Brown. Did you? Okay. Some expensive ass honey, but. Wait, which James Brown? The singer? Yeah, get on up. Nah, man. <laughs> James Brown from CBS. Yeah, man, my guy. Yes, your guy. I know. There's an amazing Michael Jackson James Brown Prince story. Do you know about this story where they were both at a James Brown show like in the early 80s? That's like black folk- folklore. Of course I know. And they called oh, Prince up and Prince came out with the guitar, man. And he was oh. high. Well, I don't know if he was high. No, so here's a, 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 quickly then, if, if you didn't know that part of it. so Ain't Prince always high in, this, in the 80s? And no, 90s? I mean, that's a fair point. 
So, anyways, the, the 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 legend goes that, as you said, you you know this. So he's performing. He bring he sees Michael Jackson in the crowd, brings him up. Michael does like a quick little dance. They all go yeah, crazy. Sing. Give give us something, Michael. That's right. He gave him a couple of hoo hoos and all that stuff. You know I love you. Yeah. Oh. And he spent around thirty seven times. And the women just lost it. So then he turns to James Brown, whispers something to him, and then goes off stage. James Brown then goes, I heard Prince is here. Where's Prince? Mm -hmm. So Prince comes up. Mm. And Prince, by the way, didn't just walk up. Prince was carried up on the back of a security guard. (laughs) A little micro mini Like, Dude, he was carrying him. It was hilarious. He gets on stage. He first, he grabs a guitar, and he just starts riffing, and James Brown's not reacting. Just sitting there watching. Crowd's like, okay, this is kind of cool. So then he takes the guitar off, takes his shirt off, and then does a a little dance, does a whole James Brown style dance, and like he's he knocks over what looked like a street light, like it was like a fake street light, knocked that over, like he was a mess. So apparently he was so embarrassed that that he was called up that Michael knew he was high and did it on purpose to sign. To say, have him follow me like he can't follow this act because he's too high. So Prince was so mad that the legend goes that in the parking lot, Mm -hmm. Michael was walking or not parking lot, but you know. You want some of this, man? You really think you're bad, man? You think you're bad? Apparently, Prince tried to run him over. (laughs) You think you're bad, man? Well, that's the other part. If Joe hits you, you ain't going to feel nothing until I hit you, son. (laughs) So apparently, Michael wanted Prince to sing bad with him as a duet. And Quincy brought him in, and the first line, you know the first line is, your butt is mine? Yeah. Prince yeah, read, Prince was supposed to read that line and refused to. What do you mean, your butt is mine? <laughs> your butt is your butt is mine, my butt is mine. Like, Everybody butts is mine. If I want, I'm Prince, how dare you? I'm not, I'm not reading that line. You want pancakes. He's basically saying, like, is whose butt is who? <laughs> Just, like, hold on. Dude, that's the most incredible yeah, black, story. Yeah, black people have seen the performance. Actually, Prince I've seen it too. Him. I saw the video. Prince actually killed it, man. Yes, he did. He, he took His that riff guitar. was amazing. He took the guitar and yes. killed the guitar because he, maybe he was too high to sing. And he, 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 definitely he had couldn't the microphone at first. He had the microphone at first and he threw the mic that he do it with yeah, the little yeah. thing and pulled it back up. <laughs> yeah. he, he didn't say nothing. <laughs> like, bro, what the? <laughs> oh, it was great. All right. Well, that's just a little story time. But right now it's time for us to step aside and let the headline makers do the talking in the segment we like to call Audio Audio file. Audio files on 987 ESPN brought to you by Pajamagram, Bart mm. Scott. Yeah. Are they silk or are they cotton? What, uh, there's a lot of different versions. I do know that. Uh, let's see. So as we're talking about the story of the day is Juan Soto to the Yankees and what it means and everything else. And you just heard from Buster Only about how next up, of course, is Yoshi Yamamoto. And can the Yankees win that as well? And if they do, the Evil Empire is officially, officially back. No doubt about it. But... They're not the only ones in. There's a lot of teams, including the New York Mets, who, according to reports, have already, uh, what was it, Steve Cohen flew to meet with him and everything else. Here's uh, David Stearns of the Mets talking about the pursuit of Yoshi. When you're pursuing someone who is very highly sought after free agent is going to get a lot of money. You have to strategize around that. And so if we get him, that, that probably leads us down one path in the offseason. If we don't get him, we'll adjust and, and go down alternate paths. Now, you know what he's saying there, Bart. What he's basically saying is, if we get this guy, Are then our, our, our wait till 2025 plan's out the window. Because this guy's too good 
to just say we're going to be a also ran rebuilding franchise. Yeah, yeah, screw you, screw you, Pete Alonso. You're not good enough to go all in for. Well, basically, they <laughs> they do prioritize arms though. The Mets do. Screw your. I mean, they, they they see all the prospects and all the young prospects they got. Be honest, I'll be I'll I'll feel better if they didn't spend that money for for him and they got Soto next year. Because, you know, that means they're going to push it off, and that means that they're in the Soto race next year. But I don't know. Good Yoshi. Put him next to Singa. They got some young arms back in return. Develop them. And let's go. Yeah. Well, we shall see. On the other side of the Soto <clears> – <throat> excuse me, on the Soto trade is what the Padres got. Do you know, by the way, ESPN.com, grading the trade, Yankees B, Padres A-. minus. So basically arguing that the Padres might have won this trade. Here's the GM of the Padres, A.J. Preller, on the trade. I think probably overall good matchup for both teams. You know, I know the Yankees and, and Brian had mentioned that, uh, you know, obviously they're, they're looking for impact left-hand bat, and obviously Juan fit very well for them. And I think from our standpoint, the ability to add to the four arms to the pitching staff, pitchers that we think have both ceiling and pitch for us this year and compete for time this year in our, in our rotation, uh, and adding a, a catcher, um, you know, that, that goes with Campusano, goes with Sullivan, and, and shores up a position for us. Uh, to the pitching that the Yankees gave up were righties Michael King, Johnny Brito, and Randy Vasquez. Drew Thorpe, who's a prospect, but a highly regarded pitching prospect. Guy throws in the 90s. And then the catcher, when he mentions Higashioka, you want to talk about a catcher who's very pitcher-friendly. That's yeah. exactly what Higgy has been. So Padres feel pretty good about what they return. This is not a rebuild for the Padres. They, just had, they knew they couldn't keep all those salaries together. Yeah. This might make them a better team as far as the pitching staff goes. So. I'm- they went we'll all in. You Darvish, Snell, they got to try and replace Snell, who just want to Cy Young, try yep. and get cheap again. So mm-hmm. they go get prospects. You know, the the, the metrics, they, they, they rank them as, a, as an A-. minus. But when you consider everything they gave up to begin with to get Soto and only to lose him in two years, kind of makes you say buyer beware when you think about um, the Yankees. If they can't retain him the following year as well, look at what you gave up for a one-year rental. The um, oh the what um, the 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 Padres did what had him for like a year and a half. Yeah, or, this is this is his third team in, in eighteen months. So yeah, right. So like you know, so let's re let's revisit this trade, um, and maybe if they if the Yankees win, then we'll be giving the Yankees an A plus. And if these other guys flame out, we'll give them maybe an A minus or, Again, or a C. King, we know, is a very good pitcher. Could be a number two if he stays healthy, but health has been a bit of an issue. And then Thorpe is the other one to watch. Like a couple of years from now, you look back and say, you know, boy, they lost, they gave up Drew Thorpe, who's become, you know, a great pitcher in the game. All remains to be seen. All right, on to football as we are into, what, week 14 now in the NFL. It starts tonight, and I bet you can't wait to watch the Patriots and the Steelers tonight, right, on Thursday Night Football? As as they're starting to um, advertise it, they're advertising it as a rivalry renewed. Renewed, Black. yeah. Renewed. What, what renewed? Remember back in the day when it was Ben Roethlisberger and they, well, the, the Steelers could never get but, get past. I, but I didn't yeah. say it wasn't a rivalry once. I'm just saying what's renewed about it. Yeah, but anyways, like the fact that. Uh, <laughs> But the Jets play uh, Sunday against the Texans. We'll get into the Zach Wilson of it all. Rex Ryan will join us at 2 o'clock. The Giants are back in action, of course, this week as well. They've got Green Bay on Monday night football. And speaking of the Giants, Lawrence Taylor on the Let's Go podcast. You remember Tom Brady said about the game 
how bad it is and the mm-hmm. remember his whole thing he got criticized from some people about it here's Lawrence Taylor on the let's go podcast talking about his game and what he brought to football in the 80s and being able to play in today's NFL. The game has changed a little bit. I like the era that I played in because if I was playing nowadays, I probably wouldn't last the game because of the thing we do. You think you'd get thrown out or you think you'd conform to the rules? Have you ever known me to conform to anything? (laughs) (laughs) No, I would get thrown out. I mean, it's been hard for me to play. I I may end the season owing them money. (laughs) Sounds about right. I mean, you can put a couple other guys in there. I mean, some guys like Jack Tatum. You can put Chuck Cecil in there, who got eventually got kicked out the league. Hell, we may we may lose to young um, safety for the uh, Broncos, who's been suspended twice already. And now he's coming off what four game suspension. Already yeah. met with Goodell. He's not built for this era. He's too. He was born too late. You just think that really? Like, is it that? Much of a mentality that someone like Lawrence Taylor couldn't have played today because it's too restrictive. Yeah, he would get fined all the time, and he'll be get personal penalties. He'll he'll start be a detriment to you. But but again, I mean, I I think he was half kidding. Down soft, like I can't go fast and lay you down soft. I I just don't know if he's wired like that. That I understand. But if you were if you were brought up a certain way to play. That's one thing, but he wouldn't have been brought up to play that way if he was in today's NFL. This so other kid, don't you think I, he would have had all the other instincts, the physicality, the 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 motor, the strength? So he would have been Michael. He would have been Michael Parsons. That's what. You're well, that's what I was going to ask you. Would he's he a, have been? He's a modern day Michael Parsons. Or would he have been better? Uh, that's hard to say, right? Because you only can revolutionize a game once. So we've seen at this point, they would have seen T.J. Watt, you know, these tweener guys. Like, good point. When 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 Lawrence Taylor came out, we had never, we didn't have a comp. We were used to big DNs. You know, we weren't used to like that was before Kevin Green came out and and, and um, Jason Gilden, and they come out with this three four type of defense with these tweeners. This is before Derek Thomas came out, right? So like he was right. first. He was the first to let us know that a player can be around 250, 260 pounds and be dominant and still have the strength and size to hold up to these massive tackles in which you know he played against, but also the speed and athleticism to be able to to, to dominate from the It's edge. amazing. They're, they're pretty much the same body size. Who, him and Derek Thomas? No, 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 no. no, no, no. LT's a little, yeah, LT LT maybe a little bigger. Yeah. No, 6'3", 240 is essentially what they both are. Yeah, Von Miller, you know, same difference, right? Right. But you Von know how Miller it is. is a little less Bart, you know this than, anybody. than Parson. In this sport, it's not as much the size as it is the motor, right? Mm-hmm. If you have a motor, you don't have to be that much bigger and stronger than everybody because you're just more relentless. Motor yeah. and instincts, to me, I value oversize. I think in the NFL more than anything. Wouldn't you agree, or is that am I off on that? No, you're correct. Motor and instincts. But, but like you Michael, had both of those, yeah. But Michael Parsons, uh, I would probably say LT. The, the closest thing to modern day LT is TJ Watt, in my opinion. Okay, he okay. plays that motor and he has more natural pass skills. Remember, Michael Parsons is new to the outside. He spent the majority of his life. He's still green to a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. TJ Watt to me is the closest thing to a modern day LT. I like it. All right, last but not least, in audio files. This from uh, this. When was this now? Tuesday, when the Knicks lost and the way they lost. Oh my lord! Uh, against the Bucks, um, in well, the 
in-season tournament quarterfinal. So this is on TNT. My good friend Kenny Smith saying something that, again, God bless him, I felt like was very Captain Obvious, but everybody just was like, oh, my God. Listen to this. This is why the Knicks are going to stay in the middle. Every game that they play, they always have the second best player. You play Boston, you got the second or third best player. You play Orlando with Ben Carroll. They don't have a player that's better than Ben Carroll. Milwaukee, we know they don't. Philadelphia, they don't. The Indiana Pacers, Tyrese Halliburton is the best player on the floor, if you say that. Correct. If you play the Miami Heat, Jimmy Butler is the best player on the floor. You play the Cleveland Cavaliers, you have Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell You don't have the best player on the floor no night. Now, they can play better than you, but they are not walking into the gym and saying, you have no margin for error. I mean, that's what I've been saying. That's why I compared them to the Pistons, right? Because the Pistons didn't have the best player, but they had a collection of group. And I don't know if you can win that way anymore in the era of like the superstar with the super teams. Bart, so that's that's really Bart, what Bart, I've been l- saying. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it here. This is there's only one thing to say to that, and that is Tyrese Halliburton. F- no, 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 no. Finally, someone said it. Finally, someone said, "Boy, the Knicks really need a star." Finally, finally, somebody recognized that this Knicks team that has been. They're just so patient. They have no interest in stars. They just want to build a roster and just compete. They're just so satisfied with competing. Finally, someone said, wow, the Knicks need a star. Because it's never talked about in New York, ever. Nobody has ever brought it up. Nobody ever, ever comes up. Like, Wouldn't it be great if every now and then somebody would just come up with a trade rumor or a trade idea? What, like, wouldn't that be something if every time a star was disgruntled, we were like, how would he fit on the Knicks? We never do that. We, we never national, do that. Baby. We went national. I love Kenny, but that's as Captain Obvious as anything I've ever heard. <laughs> what do you think they're trying to do? Of course they know they need a star. But what are they supposed to do in the meantime? Not play? Well, you know what? We're not going to play because we don't have any stars. So we're going to wait this. We're going to wait it out. They are trying to get one to start. There's no Juan Soto in the NBA right now. And if you think it's Zach Levine, you're out of your mind. Guys out for the next three to four weeks. They're not getting him. I told you about DeRozan. That doesn't fit. You got enough guys pissed off that they don't get enough shots. You want to have another guy that needs shots? Stop. Well, according to P.J. Tucker, there's not enough basketballs in the world for that team. And the, the, Right, the Clippers. Right? Yeah. So – that's all I'm saying. The right fit has to come along. It ain't there right now. So the Knicks don't have a star. That's why they won't win a championship. That's why they're going to stay in the middle of the pack. We kind of knew that here in New York, I would hope. All right, that's Audio Files. Brought to you by Pajama Graham. Soft. Oh, by the way, Bart, silky. Ooh, silky. A best-selling Christmas gift for her. Get a free $75 nighty with naturally nude pajamas. From pajamagram.com. <laughs> he said naturally nude. <laughs> he said nude. You fed it again. <laughs> 800-919-3776. Coming up, you'll hear from Brian Cashman, who just spoke with the media 
uh, about that Soto trade. And then Rex Ryan at the top of the hour, 2 o'clock. But first, Bart, please tell me about BetMGM. Yeah, man, BetMGM, the king of sports books, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM reward points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. Plan your trip to Las Vegas. You can also convert those BetMGM points into MGM reward points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resort properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM and GameSense reminds you to play responsibly and offers resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for T's and C's. Must be 21 years or older to wager. Physically present in New York only. New and existing customer offers all promotions are subject to qualification, eligibility requirements, rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance if you or somebody you know has a gambling problem. Help is available. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y at 467-369. Gordon Damer at the 98.7 Tullamore Dew Sports Desk. Yesterday, Jets head coach Robert Sala responded to the latest drama involving him and text messages and everything else. And Don LaGreca on the K-Show certainly did not like what he heard. He just sounds neutered. Robert, on Rodgers, I don't think it's an attack on the organization. You didn't think it was an attack on the organization? What he was saying about the leaks? But I always appreciate Rodgers' thoughts and comments. Why do you always have to play the nice guy? Because Rodgers holds his his future. How about this? If you want to side with Rodgers and show some teeth, I agree with him. We've got to get to the root of how this was leaked in the first place. This shouldn't be happening. Stop trying to be the nice guy all the time. And that is brought to you by Tullamore Dew. When it's game time, it's Tully time. Be sure to grab a Tullamore Dew Irish whiskey during tonight's action. Glasses up to enjoying Tullamore Dew responsibly. Coming up 3 o'clock, it's the choice in New York sports talk. It is the Michael K. Show, and it's only here on 98.7 FM and the all-new ESPN New York app. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. All right, so we'll get into it a lot more in the 2 o'clock hour. Rex Ryan's going to join us at the beginning of the Power Hour like he always does on Thursdays. But I just wanted to give you a little taste of Brian Cashman with the media. It's kind of funny, like, this trade happens, and sometimes, like, a GM, like, all right, we're at the meetings, and this trade happens, but we got more moves to make. I'll talk to you once I'm done with everything. Man, he couldn't wait to get in front of the writers. And so, just, I love this because... Look, Keep that same energy. Bart, you and I both know my favorite is the petty. I, I love the petty. So even when I think you're wrong or I think you're being one of those that guys, I still appreciate petty. I stop and I salute it every time. So here's Brian Cashman, a little bit of petty when it comes to this deal. Because, you know, a Yankee fan's a big thing. If George was alive today, he'd do this and he'd do that, right? Well, here's Brian Cashman on the whole George was alive stuff. It's another manifestation of the Steinbrenner legacy. I think George Steinbrenner always felt that the best players in the world should play here for the New York Yankees. And I think that was always what he tried to accomplish and had a lot of success along the way, not always being able to pull them off, but constantly trying to do that. And, I, and obviously, Hal Steinbrenner and, and Jenny and Jessica uh, have continued those efforts. And you know, Juan Soto is the latest example of that, of their efforts to try to bring the greatest, most talented baseball players the world can provide to play in call home here in the Bronx, New York. It's just a nice way of Brian mm-hmm. middle fingers up to the fan base. You want your George was alive. There it is. All, All right. right. Well, you want, George, you want the, the biggest there, name though. should be playing here. This is what we do. We go get him. George wouldn't stop there though. 
Well, go get Yoshi. Yeah, and that's that's the next thing that's up. All right, Rex Ryan is the next thing up for us on the show. We'll get into all this Jet stuff that's going on with them and this organization, and oh my God, more and more. Like, boy, this this solace stuff. Else happen? This solace stuff with uh, with Benengo. I mean, oh, <laughs> I haven't even paid attention to it, bro. Like, th- why are you like, paying I, attention to the peanut gallery? I don't know your coach that well, but there's a lot of people. That, you know, like, in, uh, we'll get into it. I got to ask Rex about this, too, because he's lived this life. Mm. So we got that coming. I got a million questions, though. But before I do have that, I have this question for you, Bart. Yeah. When I'm in pain. When yeah. I'm in pain. When I'm feeling pain. Yeah, man. Where do I go? There's only one place to go. That's the Sandwell Institute for Pain Management, man. Friends, don't let your neck, back, joint, or nerve pain slow you down from doing all the things that you love. Dr. Jay Shaw is a double board certified Ivy League trained pain specialist. It's time to, for you to reclaim your active lifestyle. You say, Bart, how do I do that? Are you paying attention? Call my friend Dr. Jay Shaw at sandwellpain.com. Dr. Jay Shaw treats joint, neck, back, sciatica, nerve pain. Procedures involve no cuts, no scars, no excisions, or downtime. Call Dr. Jay Shaw and take a non-surgical approach with precise image-guided procedures without pain medication. Enjoy a pain-free life. Same day or next day appointments are available. Go to sandwellpain.com and put an end to your pain and suffering today. Why wait any longer? Make your appointment with Dr. Jay Shaw. Go to sandwellpain.com now and regain your active lifestyle and enjoy all your favorite activities pain-free. Sandwell Payne now has three convenient locations in Woodbridge, Livingston, and a brand-new office in Inglewood to serve the Bergen County. Visit SandwellPayne.com. You'll wish you met Dr. Jay Shaw a lot sooner. Major insurances are accepted. Gordon Damer at the 98.7 Tullamore Dew Sports Desk. Over the last few years, the Yankees have missed out on adding a lot of big-name star players, but after their worst season in 30 years, this was not the offseason to do that again. Earlier this morning on DPH on Rothenberg, Rick and Dave talked about the Yankees' acquisition of Juan Soto. Yankees have a superstar player. This was the one move you could make that would quiet all the noise, that would check all the boxes, that everything that you were being criticized for, you could put that all to bed. Guys this good don't usually become available. He's 25 years old. He's one of the best players in baseball. The evil empire is back. I mean, if I'm a Yankees fan, I feel a great way. And that is brought to you by Tullamore Dew. When it's game time, it is Tully time. Be sure to grab a Tullamore Dew Irish whiskey during tonight's action. Glasses up to enjoying Tullamore Dew responsibly. Coming up 3 o'clock, it's the choice in New York sports talk. It is the Michael K Show, and it's only here on 98.7 FM, the all-new ESPN New York app. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN.